Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We are very happy to have Dick Taylor join us again for more fellowship on the life study of Genesis. Dick, you have a shiny face today. It's nice to have you back with us. Oh, I'm happy to be back here on this life study of Genesis. Our life study today, Dick, brings us once again to the matter of pillars. We've had several in Jacob's experience. Right. And today, yet another pillar experience is before us. We're going to see also a tower in addition to the pillars Pillars in a Tower. Dick, give us a little introduction. This is a tremendous section, Chris, and I hope that all those who are listening pay attention to this. I appreciate that our dear brother Lee has given us and shown us this parenthetical section, which is full of meaning and full of experience. We have these three pillars and a tower. I don't know if anyone's ever paid attention to them, but one pillar in chapter 31 of Genesis that Jacob erected a testimony by setting up a pillar that eventually it's not he, with all his conniving and scheming and supplanting, that takes care of himself, but is God alone who takes care of us. Then his call to Bethel the second time in chapter 35, he sets up another pillar, and this pillar is a testimony of the house of God. This indicates that our consecration is for God's need, not just for our need. God took care of us, he takes care of us, but his desire is that we could take care of him. And then the third pillar is set up also in chapter 35, where he loses his wife Rachel, but she gives birth to their son Benjamin, who's a full picture of Christ. And here, uh, this pillar signifies that in order for Christ to be really expressed, then our natural love, our natural life, and our natural choice have to die. And eventually you have the Tower of Eder, which means the Tower of Flocks, and this is where uh, Jacob got to a point in his life where he took it easy and he got in serious trouble. The main point here is that these three pillars in this tower are full of meaning and full of experience that we ourselves must have and must pass through. You know, Dick, when we as believers do our Bible reading, this is one of those sections that maybe we kind of breezed through with no realization of all that was here. I think that view will very much be altered by what we're going to get into today. I believe that's true, and I think I'm one of the ones who sometimes is breezed through. Me too. Let's join Witness Lee with this life study from Genesis chapter 31 and 35. I still have some burden concerning the pillar. It is uh, very interesting when you look into the history of Jacob, you could see in all his life, there were three pillars as some kind of marks, signboards of his life. And plus these three pillars, there was also a tower, the tower at Eder. These three pillars, 
you may call them as landmarks. Landmarks in Jacob's whole life. And you could even divide Jacob's life into uh, these three or four sections. In the first section of his life, what he had experienced was God's care. Since his birth, he was under God's care. He was a supplanter, a heel holder, no doubt about this. He thought he was under his own care. I tell you, if Jacob was under his own care, either he was fully defeated by Laban or absolutely destroyed by Esau. But neither Laban nor Esau could anything upon Jacob because Jacob, from the beginning, from the very first day of his life, he was under God's care. In all those over 20 years, what Jacob experienced was just God's care. So at the juncture, when he was making a deal with Laban, a pillar set up by him. So that pillar at Mount Gilead was a testimony of God's care. And I do believe many of us can set up such a pillar. But let me say this. In the first days of your Christian life, you need to set up such a pillar. But if you had been... <laughs> with the Lord over quite a longer time tonight you still want to set up such a Peter I would say it is too late it is too late you need to set up another Peter we know the story Jacob went down you read it it was God that came in and called him arise and go back to Bethel. Firstly, he consecrated himself to God for God's purpose to have Bethel, the house of God. And there he set up the second landmark of his life. That was the pillar set up by him which eventually called the House of God, Bethel. Now we must see the first Peter was a testimony of God's care. The second Peter was a testimony of what? Of God's house. First Peter was a testimony of God's good care for Jacob's existence. Isn't this good enough? Good enough, Jacob. But how about me? Good for you. And how about me? So you have to go to Basel. No more your food, your cruising, your peace, but my house. You have to take care of me. I've been taking care of you for years. How about now? You have to take care of me. Dick, we've seen previously that the number two signifies testimony in the Bible. And certainly these two pillars of Jacob's are a testimony to a landmark in his life where his experience of God really advanced from 
just appreciating God for taking care of his practical needs to his own care and involvement with God's purpose and God's need, his house. Do you have a similar testimony in your experience in your life? Uh, Yes, I certainly do. I received the Lord as my Savior in 1958. And from 1958 until around 1969, I would have to say my experience was mainly that of God taking care of my needs. And I only knew him in that kind of way. Two verses that were favorites of mine, one was Philippians 4.19. It says, My God shall supply all your needs. <laughs> and I love that because, wow, my needs are going to be taken care of. And then Matthew 6.33, If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. In other words, your needs will be met. My view of the Lord up to that point through this period of time was mainly of the God who takes care of us and meets all our needs. This is wonderful, and we need him. We never want to drop this experience, yet the Lord has a need because he has a purpose, and that is to be expressed through his body, which is his house. And I have to tell you, Chris, from 69 to this day, I have been involved in consecrating myself to God's need. That is for the house of God. And I have to testify my experience of Christ has risen exponentially simply because I've left the realm of just, oh, God, what can you do for my need? But rather, I'm here, Lord, to take care of your need, to build up your house for your testimony. The principle here is that whenever you consecrate to meet his need, that is, his house, then right away you enter into his heart. What could be better than to enter into the very heart of God? Oh, the enjoyment of Christ is really here. And Ephesians 5.25 points this out very clearly, that Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. So we love what he loves. And Colossians 1.24 indicates, I rejoice in my sufferings, and I fill up what's lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Our real rejoicing is taking care of God's need, even if it's suffering for the building up of his body. This is our real joy. So both cases, I would say I have a pillar. There's a testimony of these two sections of experience of the Lord. Dick, thank you for your testimony. These messages, I think, are very much recalibrating us along this line. Let's join Witness Lee for more recalibration. My burden actually tonight is on the third pillar. At Basel, the altar was built, and the pillar was set up. Jacob has consecrated himself to God. Not only answered God's call, but consecrated himself to God to fulfill God's desire. That God had Bethel. But that was not the end of his life. Something happened. This something, on the one hand, it was a joy. And on the other hand, it was a suffering. It was again. It was also a loss. It was a birth, and also it was a death. This is a hard problem to Jacob. The gain was a gain of his son, and the loss was the loss of his beloved wife. 
Now, Jacob, you want the son or you want the wife? If you want the son, you have to sacrifice your wife. If you want to keep your wife, you couldn't get the son. You have many sons. Eleven already. But Nin was a full type of Christ. You have had a lot of experiences, but not one that's adequate to bring forth Christ. Now, what do you want? Rachel or Benjamin? What do you want? Your dear wife or such a son typifying Christ? Anyhow, it was not up to him. He gained a son. By what? By losing his natural choice. He gained Christ by losing his natural choice. This is tonight's crucial point. We must have a pillar of God's care, then a pillar of God's house, then the third pillar of expressing Christ. This pillar costs a lot. This pillar costs a lot. And this pillar was set up in front of a tomb. And the tomb came from death. And this death was the death of the natural choice. The hard choice. Ritual signifies our natural choice. Tell The full picture is this. Your Christian life must have such a landmark. The third Peter. At the tomb. The third period at the tomb of what? The tomb of your natural choice. Whatever you love, whatever you like, whatever you desire to have, whatever is your choice that someday will be brought to the end. And that will be put into a tomb. And in front of this tomb, you have to set up a pillar. Jacob set up a pillar at Mount Gilead, and he set up a pillar at Basel. Now, he set up a pillar on the way to Bethlehem. And this pillar is a sandboard of a dead and buried of your choice, of your hard choice, of Someone or something, some matter that you love so much. And this has to die. And this has to be buried. And this has the need of a pillar set up in front of its tomb. Testifying that your choice has been buried. What is the result? The result is to Bethlehem. Where is Bethlehem? Bethlehem is the place where Christ was born. Bethlehem is the place of Christ. And this is God's testimony. The coming of Christ. The expression of Christ. I believe the three pillars are clear to us. Well, Dick, what a picture is presented to us here. 
the third pillar in Jacob's life set up in front of the tomb of the love of his natural life. And the result of all this is the bringing forth of a son, the full type of Christ. Tell us more about what this means to us today. Well, what this means to us today is we can see these first two pillars related to the testimony of God meeting our need and the testimony of God's house. These first two pillars are set up not for us just to have a happy life, but they're set up for us to exist, to build up the body of Christ, and that is uniquely for the expression of Christ. We consecrate to the house of God and for God's need. For what purpose? Uniquely for the expression of Christ. God needs an expression of his son. God needs even a bride for his son. So for his expression in life and for his satisfaction in love, we consecrate to the house of God, that is to the church, to the building up of the body of Christ. And this is uniquely for his expression. So this third pillar in our experience We experience the bringing forth of Christ, the expression of Christ. The bringing forth of Christ, the expression of Christ, cost us our natural life, our natural love, and our natural choice. In John 21, the Lord was shepherding Peter just before he ascended into the heavens. And in resurrection, he's shepherding him and showing him that What's needed now is to not live by our natural life, our natural choice, and our natural preference. And Chris, by nature, we're full of this. I don't know about you. I know I am full of natural life, natural choice, natural preference. But the Lord wants to bring us to the point where there is a pillar, a testimony in our experience that natural love has been put to death and even buried. Just like Rachel, as the natural love of Jacob, died and was buried. But Out of this came the son called Benjamin, the full type of Christ. The Lord said to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished, according to your natural life. But when you grow old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. He said to him, Follow me. Just follow him. As we follow him, we realize... We can't live by the natural life, the natural choice, and the natural love. Thank you, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of this A Marvelous Life study. Now, it's so meaningful. After all these pillars, Jacob passed through a tower. This is the Tower of Eder. And Eder, in Hebrew, means flax. Here at the Tower of Edar, the Tower of Frax. Something happened to Jacob that was very shameful, ugly, dirty, immoral. His son, Reuben, committed adultery with his concubine. This happened not at the pillars. This happened at the tower. I spent some time here on this point. I somewhat believe Tower of Flags indicate a kind of easiness of life. You have to realize Jacob by that time had flags. 
he had flocks. When he passed through this place, and this is a good place for the flocks, he should have gone straight away to Hebron. Hebron was his destination. But listen, he stayed at Tower of Edar, the place which was good for his flocks. And I do believe this indicates more or less that Jacob was taking a place for the easiness of his life. And it was there while he was enjoying the easiness of his life, this sinful thing occurred. I do believe in the human life any time, anywhere, when the Edenites of life came in, there was sin. Remember, all the pillars, <laughs> you have to set up. But you don't need to spend any strength to build a tower. The tower is always there waiting for you. All the time in your Christian work, there is some tower of flax lying there waiting for you to snare you. The best way for you to escape is to ignore it. Regardless how tired you are, how you have been exhausted by following the Lord, you have to say, Lord, help me. I don't like to take a rest at any tower. Wherever there is a tower, I will run away. I will not take it as a resting station. Rather, I would just ignore it and I would be afraid of it and I would run away from it. Then you will be protected. Dick, I thought that this concluding segment today had much application for us. Even after so many deep experiences of the Lord, Jacob was still ensnared by the temptation of an easy life. Probably in our age and in our country, this country, with so many of God's people able to enjoy wealth and an easy living, this is a big problem, isn't it? This is a great problem. And Chris, it's good to fellowship this because this is where Satan really snares us. I was thinking of David in Second Samuel 11. All the kings in the spring went out to battle. But David, it says, remained in Jerusalem and he took it easy. It was when he was taking it easy, abiding in Jerusalem. In the evening time, he arose from off his couch, walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. We know the issue of this story. This was adultery and much suffering and a big damage to the Lord's move. So anytime we just stop in our pursuing of the Lord, are following the Lord, there's always this tendency to take a life of ease, and you can be sure that Satan is waiting to uh, undermine and to destroy, and particularly in the area of morality, fornication. I was thinking of Joseph. He gained the birthright because he fled the temptation and the lust of the flesh. All of us as Christians today are facing this temptation all the time. I like this uh, matter that Brother Lee mentioned. Listen to this. 
No matter how exhausted you are in following the Lord, you must say, Lord, help me. I don't want to rest at any tower. Whenever I come to a tower, I will flee from it. I will never take it as a place of rest. If you do this, you will be protected and safe from the snare. Dick, thank you for your fellowship. This was a very enlightening life study and one that I would commend highly to our listeners to really get into. Absolutely. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.